another Minutes Monday right here on the Coach AB Show. Live coming at you. We're on TikTok Live. Shout out to all them. Everybody on YouTube, pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. If you're not, a new week, a uh, new journey begins. We got a lot to discuss. Uh, this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-B, and get you 50% off welcome bonus. The women just ended the NCAA tournament, the championship. The championship for the men is tonight. You can do it all on betonline.ag, plus baseball's in full swing. You can prop bet. You can bet on uh, all the action. NHL hockey playoffs are around the corner as well as the NBA. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, CandidateCBD.com. Go get you some dip. We got the cleanest dip right here. CandidateCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB. All caps. Make sure you tell them I sent you and get you 20% off plus free shipping. Um Lots of break into today, man. Minutes Monday. Zach Smith's going to join me. He's back off vacation. He's going to be back on the show this morning. Uh, Matt McChesney will join me. Uh, we're going to talk some college blue bloods. Who are they? Um, who will they be in five years? Uh, we're going to talk that. Uh, Matt will join me. We're going to talk some NFL talk, some gossip, and uh, some Pac-12 football. And then we're going to talk about uh, – Ooh, the art of trash talking. Wait till I get to this. First of all, we got to start you off with quote of the day. Brought to you by CandidateCBD.com. Use the promo code CoachJB. Quote of the day, rebuild yourself to such an extent that people you used to know can't recognize you at all. Build yourself up to such an extent that nobody recognizes you, especially the ones that used to know you. Uh, you can change. Trust me. A lot of you cats still ain't even matured yet. Uh, even though you call yourself adults, just cause you put, you hit puberty. Just want to throw this out there. Doesn't mean you're an adult dog. <laughs> we hit puberty at like 13 years old. That don't mean you're an adult. I just want to throw that out there. Contrary to belief brought to you by candidates. Um, the only thing that can destroy iron is its own rust. The only thing that can destroy iron is its own rust, contrary to belief. Don't scared to start over. This time you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience, contrary to belief. Don't be scared to start over, dog. You're starting over with experience. At first it seemed impossible until it wasn't, contrary to belief. That's the mindset a lot of you cats need to start taking, man. I'm just going to throw that out there. Poll question. When did trash talking become an everyday topic of discussion? Why is trash talking the everyday topic of discussion right now? That is the poll question. I got to ask. TikTok, let me know. Why has trash talking become such a topic of discussion? I don't get it. Barbershop banter is what we used to call it. Why is it now so alarming? <laughs> Drop your comments in the section below uh, YouTube. All my loyal members, everybody that's came on over to Slap Nation on the Discord, uh, we chop it up 24-7. It never shuts down. I appreciate all you guys in the Discord, man. Much love to all you. I'm going to get start getting to you guys a lot more. I've been swamped all over the weekend. I uh, appreciate all the Discord members, plus all the members on YouTube, period. 
in uh, the Slap Nation Coaches Crew Discord. Come on over there and become a member today if you're not one. Um, appreciate all you guys. TikTok, come subscribe to the Coach JB Show. 300,000 followers or whatever I got, man. Bring it on over to YouTube and just subscribe. Be a subscriber. Let's get 100,000 subscribers by this end of this year. Uh, appreciate all you guys. Fun fact of the day. Monday, fun fact of the day. Scientists say it's less likely to rain on Mondays. Fun fact. It's supposed to rain here in Southern California today, so the scientists are full of shit. <laughs> uh, I got a new segment I wanted to bring to you guys, and I'm going to call it the truth of life. I got to bring this segment in. Truth of life. Here it is. Here's the truth of life for today. All right. It's almost like a fact of life, but it's the truth of life. I got to throw this one in there. Do a million good things and nobody will care. Commit one single mistake and everybody will judge you. Truth of life right there. That is the truth of life. You can help a million people, dog. You can do as much as you humanly possibly can in the right way. And then you single have one mistake, one hiccup, one bump in the road, and everybody will judge you. By the way, everybody that's judging you are probably criminals. <laughs> but you said something wrong on Twitter, and now you are completely done. Your character has been assassinated. But you can do a million things right, and not one person committed commented, hey, great job. Great job for all you do. You do it, and you don't expect anything back. Appreciate you. But you don't get that. You don't get that. Nobody cares. They're waiting for you to screw up one time, just once. Truth to life. Um, we're here on this Menace Monday. Zach Smith will join us. Uh, no honor amongst thieves uh, is what I'm titling this show. No honor amongst thieves. Um the, the, the topic of discussion right now is the trash talking between Reeves and Clark. Reeves and Clark. And uh, Reeves and Clark are going back and forth and Twitter is going crazy. We're going bananas on Twitter, on social media. We're going bananas. And what blows my mind is before Zach gets in here a little bit, what blows my mind is the how we have flipped this to a black and white thing. So you have all the black mainstream media commentators, uh, journalists, um, from Acho to Ryan Clark to Stephen A. Smith to Keyshawn to RG3, you have everybody on Twitter on Reeves' side. And then you got these white people on this side who have come out that are mainstream. You got David Portnoy, the owner of Barstool, comes out and calls Reeves. I want to say he called her a uh, piece of shit, quote, uh, end quote. I think that's what he called her. And then you have Jamel Reed, or I mean, uh, Jamel Hill come out and blast him. She used a few expletives herself. Then you got, uh, you know, Jason Whitlock, who I'll be on later on today to talk about it. And you got uh, everybody going back and forth. 
and it has turned to a black and white thing. And it just uh, blows my mind. I haven't commented at all on Twitter. I'm waiting to see all the idiots just combined talk out the side of their mouth without having a clue what they're discussing. Not one of them has ever coached a down, coached a kid, coached a human on not even a little as little as to how to cross a street on a crosswalk. And we want to talk like we know what's going on. But no, you know what they're doing? They're just jumping in into a race discussion. Oh, so Caitlin Clark can talk and she could do all this. And it's okay for the white girl, but when Reeves does it to her, now we're out there calling a 20-year-old girl piece of shit. That is from the black side of things. Then on the white side of things, everything seems to say, oh, you're classless. Keith Oberman, the former ESPN anchor, Keith Oberman, who's turned completely weirdo, who I used to like a lot, him and Dan Patrick, He's come out and called her out of her name, the Reeves girl at LSU. Dog, I could discuss this in totality for 20 hours, but I'm going to cut it into uh, a few different topics and break this thing up throughout this show because we got so much to talk about today. There's so much going on. Um, I was on the other side, Iowa turns and blames the refs. How ironic that is, me talking about Iowa refs. (laughs) Uh, But before we get into all this, let's break down a little bit of breaking news. UFC and the WWE have merged to create a $21.4 billion organization. Um, The Lakers, are they good or is it smoke and mirrors? Where are the Lakers at? Um, Tiger Woods shows up early to Augusta. Um, Tiger Woods shows up early, um, in Augusta for what? Why? I I have no idea. Why? (laughs) You're horrible. No honor among Steve's. Um, Darren Gordon in the chat said only coach JB's opinion counts. Apparently that's what he's saying it. Um, you know. Facetiously, obviously, he's probably saying it because he's, you know, we already know what he is, right? He's a troll in the chat. But listen, I don't think I said only my re- only my opinion counts, but uh, I would love to see your resume, Darren Gordon. I would love to see your resume. Since my opinion is the only one that counts and you want to be a smartass about it, show me your resume. I want to see it. And so does the audience. We all want to see Darren Gordon Hill's resume. It's, uh, it's, it kills me and it's, it's so uh, funny. When uh, you're on my show, listening to my show, and then you want to talk to me as if I'm the one that is totally out my mind. The irony. So you're on my show listening to me, and you haven't presented a resume to anybody. So we don't know if you're a 600-pound life cat living in your mama's basement, working at Walmart. We don't know what you do. 
So you can just hide behind your fake profile and picture and then talk and everyone's supposed to believe and listen to Darren Gordon. <laughs> That's what kills me. That's what Twitter is. That's what TikTok is. That's what Instagram is. That is what it is. You cats are no one. You're nobodies. But you want to be someone so bad, your jealous ones envy that you have to come on the show. And you have to watch me because you envy me. <laughs> Let's just be real. But it's okay. I envy people too. But I have a resume to back it up and show them that I can actually be in the discussion. You can't. <laughs> you can't be in the discussion. And you have no merit in the discussion. You don't even know what's going on. You know damn well you never coach nobody, Darren. Come on, man. You know you ain't never coached nobody, so my opinion is the one that matters today because it's my show. Now you can shut the hell up or kick rocks. <laughs> the greatest co coffee on earth, Coach JB Coffee. I need to make some coffee. I need to make some. I don't know. Call it a call it a six hundred pound life for all my haters out there because you know they are my biggest fans. The haters are my biggest fans. Peyton, what's going on on TikTok? Uh, smash that like button, subscribe, become a member uh, if you're not one. Uh, much love to everybody in here. Um, Got to get into it, man. There's a lot to discuss here. Uh, <sighs> Ramadi is 73. You're right about that, brother. Uh, especially when, you know, it's a two-man band. <laughs> Me and Derek, Eric with the wrench, uh, contrary to belief is his name. Um, lots to discuss here, though, man. No honor amongst thieves. Why should we expect class, dignity, and humility when kids only play to chase a bag nowadays? They're chasing an NIL bag. Why should we expect class, dignity, humility, why is so many people up in arms about trash talking over the weekend with the LSU and the Iowa girl? Like, I'm confused. No honor amongst thieves. Uh, Jerry Ports is in the house. What up? My main man came through. We played some poker the other night. Uh, Jerry, by the way, I won the last pot uh, to win the night. You know, I go to sleep at night as a winner. Um, some folks left. Uh, as a loser, um, Jerry's a really good card player. He was beating everybody's ass the whole night. Um, and then he left. And then uh, his brother is one of my good friends, Dave Forts. Uh, he was intoxicated by about 3 o'clock. He got there at 2 o'clock. And we still had to go until 2 in the morning. So let that figure in. Weigh that. Let that weigh in. <laughs> He was loaded by three. He got there at two, and we stayed for another twelve hours. So you let that let that figure in, and 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 uh, and, and and figure that one out if you can. Um, yeah, you're right about that on TikTok. Uh, people talk about nobody will talk about this tomorrow. Well, here it is. No honor, no honor amongst these before Zach Smith joins us. Um, I, I'm I'm very intrigued because I'm going to go on Jason Whitlock later on today, and I'm going to discuss this uh, in totality. 
No honor amongst thieves is what I'm titling it. Uh, can't wait to talk to Zach and Matt about this, but we should expect, we shouldn't um, expect class and dignity and humility from these kids when the coach is in a gator suit on the sideline acting a fool. Now, here's the thing about it. Coach A.B., you acted a fool. You used to talk shit. Do, 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 do. Here's the difference. Let's break this down. Number one, the head coach for LSU is a, is a, is a, is a great coach, right? She just won a, another national title. Uh, she's been around a long time. And I believe we have a huge problem, Houston. I believe we have a huge, huge problem. All right? I'm just going to be honest. We expect class, dignity, and humility when kids play to chase a bag. They transfer four times. They disrespect adults at an all-time high. But the LSU girl talks a little shit, finger, ring finger at Clark um, as they win the game, and people expect her to have humility in class? Let's, let's break this down. The coach wears a tiger suit to games. Um, this, this whole deal is this, I'm going to sum it up and break it down real simply for you. Here is the deal. The coach now across America, high school, youth, NFL, even NBA, the coaches are trying to fit in with the culture and they're trying to be these players, homeboys and homegirls, instead of their leaders and their mentors. Instead of the example setter, they're trying to fit in with the trend setters. They don't coach it anymore, dog. They allow it. We are allowing it across the college and professional athletic landscape. And you guys now are mad that a girl did this to Caitlin Clark and pointed at a ring finger and told her to get off the court. You lost by 17 or whatever. We are up in arms today. We have the black media on this side calling it racist when the white guy on this side calls Reeves classless. And it is completely, it is comical. It is comical to hear all these people on Twitter turning this into a race thing. When the fact of the matter is, it's an adult thing. And the coaches either allow it or you coach it. And that's period. Period. Why is it becoming a race thing? Larry Bird talked more shit than anyone ever has ever played professional sports. He's an old, slow white guy, according to everybody out there that's contrary to belief. <laughs> according to all the naysayers, Larry Bird is just a slow white guy who couldn't play anymore, this, this, apparently. But Luca's ripping the NBA, but, but Larry Bird couldn't play. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to figure this out. Michael Jordan talked more smack than anybody. And we grew up in barbershop banter where we like to talk. We talked in barbershops every day. 
and it didn't matter your color. If you were in there as a white dude, you were probably deserving to be in there, and you were allowed to be in there, and you were allowed to talk shit. And guess what? I talk more shit than anybody that's ever played the game. And I backed it up. And I'd back it up physically if we had to. And when we get under piles, I'm snatching your eyeballs out of your head. That is what we used to do. Nowadays, this morning, it is trending. Trash talk is trending on Twitter. Let that sink in. How is trash talk trending on Twitter? We are so scared nowadays and so soft. That words hurt our feelings because you've allowed Twitter to be your sole reason, your number one priority on how you approach life. You can fake a profile. You can have 20 burner accounts. You don't have to show your picture. You can lie on what city and state you're in. And guess what? You can call people out and call them everything you want. You could have zero followers and start calling out people and nobody knows who you are. This has been allowed. How are we now all of a sudden upset about it that a girl was talking shit to a rival in a national championship game? I don't believe it matters about color. I don't care what color it is, dog. We are talking smack. I don't care. I've been in it all. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Whatever side of the fence it belongs in, I've talked it. And guess what? Sometimes you have to take it, own it, or you dish it out. And if you don't dish it out, then you better be that what they call that silent assassin. There's very few cats that will light you up and not say a word. Nowadays, we got to have it for the gram, quote, unquote. We got to have it for the gram. We got to be able to have a video out there that I'm talking with the ring and I'm doing all this. Homie, I don't care. She deserved to talk smack. So let's dive into this whole race thing because it's always about race for some reason. What happened to it just being about two competitors talking shit? Like, I'm confused as to why this is a race thing. And I can't, it blows my mind that if a white dude says something, he's racist. If a black dude says something about the white girl, he's racist. And I'm just like, dog, how about we just call it what it is? Two competitive players out here balling. One team's beating the other's ass, deservingly so they could talk. Caitlin Clark, who lit up the tournament, who who a lot of people are saying the best player in the last 10 years in college basketball, women's, and all this, she became the most prolific scorer of all time last night, breaking Glenn Rice's record. Give her cookies. Give her flowers, whatever you want to say. But she got beat in the finals. Dog, you just became the most prolific scorer in the history of Women's sports, football, basketball. If anybody in this room wouldn't talk shit to her as they beat her, then you shouldn't be playing. Because if I'm shutting her down and I'm beating her by 15, I'm talking as much shit as humanly possible. That should be human nature in a competitive, driven game, sport, profession. 
But now we're sad and mad and up in arms, and now it's racist and all this. Dog, let's break this down even more. So you're telling me that the Achos of the world and the Keyshawns and the Jason Williams and all these cats coming out now, last night on Twitter, Jamel Hill going after uh, uh, 70-year-old Keith Olbermann, who called her, I think, called her the F word or something. I don't know. Like, I think they called her, like, classless. Portnoy from Barstool um, called her a piece of shit, I believe. Listen, dog, we are taking words way too serious in a world that is driven by words and characters. You have character count on Twitter unless you become Twitter blue members, which I'm not doing. So I may lose my my blue check mark that I got when I was on the shitter one day just out of nowhere. Um, I refuse to pay $8 to somebody to prove who I am. I got an ID, dog. I got a social security number. I'll be damned to pay $8. Now, the only reason I was going to pay $8 on Twitter was to have the extended video. But I didn't know if I paid the $8 and does that take my original verification away and give me the new blue Twitter blue? That's what I don't want. Because I don't want that to happen. But I'm just trying to figure out, though, why... Why are we, why are we so serious and why are we taking words serious and why are we even using the certain words on Twitter? Like, I got to be honest, you know me, I'll call you out in a heartbeat, I'll talk shit, i cuss, I do all that shit on Twitter. I don't care because that is what it is now. Because I don't care because I know a lot of you are all just bottom feeders living in your mom's basement and you have zero following. Nobody cares and you have to feel important. But if you, I, have a, I have a rule. If you have under 100 followers, I, I just block you. I just block you. Because mostly you just have zero followers. You just made the account up to come troll me. So that, to me, that's embarrassment. I, I'm like secondhand embarrassing, dog. It's embarrassment. I'm so, I get so embarrassed for you. <laughs> I'm like, damn, your mama just hasn't gave you the boot yet, huh? You're still in the basement and you're making up 27 Twitter names. Like I got a guy on TikTok. I got a guy on TikTok. He makes up an account every day. Not, not only not, not once a day, like 10 times a day. And he comes and talks about, how bad I am at everything. And none of it's true. He hasn't proved one thing. <laughs> he goes on Google and he searches it and then he thinks everything there is true. And I'm just like, wow, you must have really been hurt by me somewhere. I either cut you, I either took your mom or you're my age and I took your prom queen in the prom back in 92. <laughs> something's wrong with this cat. Like he's really, really like thirsty, but that's what we live in. We tweet behind a, a, a facade and now people are up in arms about the words they're tweeting. And then on the flip side is this, I just can't go after a young kid as a former coach or a former player or anybody with a, with a following. I don't see the Portnoy attention-seeking, calling her out, calling her a piece of shit. 
Keith Oberman. Keith Oberman. Now, this is a guy who's on social media promoting dogs and how to save dogs. He's promoting how to save dogs. He's promoting how to save life. And he calls her, I think, called her a fucking piece of shit. Like, that is what I think Keith Oberman called a 20-year-old girl for doing this. Like, we are way out of pocket, dog. Not It ain't just black and white. It's everyone on social media. And now people are up in arms? You're up in arms about it? Caitlin Clark did all of this. Why do you think Reeves did this? Because Clark did it in previous games. Why are we not tripping on her? But see, that is what trigger words do. So trigger words meant for the opposite race to now come out and make this a racial thing. The trigger word was by Dave Portnoy, piece of shit. Trigger phrase, trigger words. Now, Acho sees it, Jamel Hill sees it, and is like, uh-oh, bing, 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 bing. This old white dude called this young black girl piece of shit. He's racist. Boom. And now we trigger it and head on over to talk about racism. When in fact, it really is, should have been two competitors in a national championship game talking trash, talking smack. Like, that's what it should have been. <laughs> it's been happening for 100 years. Why is it now a racial thing? Because the America is so divided because of our weak leadership that we have to make it about something that it's not. This ain't a. Did you see the kids talking anything that was racially motivi- motivated at all? Have you seen any racially motivated trash talking in the tournament? Like, let's be real. Have you seen any racially motivation or motivated trash talking tactics in the tournament that we've seen? No, not one. But the grown folks in this, the grown people are the ones who are talking about it and bringing it up. I would bet you dollars to dimes, dog, if you go in and ask those girls to sit in a room together and ask them, what is the talk about? Why are we so enamored with the trash talk? They would be like, we're playing for the natty. Caitlin Clark's been cooking everyone. By the way, she's a corny looking frail white girl. I don't know where she's from, if she's from Iowa or not. She's been cooking and beat the number one undefeated South Carolina team. Led by Don Staley, who came out and now is talking about the Iowa coach and everyone else saying that they're thugs and bar fighters. When to me it was taken out of context, I think the Iowa head coach basically just said, Listen, this great team is unbelievable on the boards. We got to expect a bar fight. Now, I want to know how that is racist. But we're so triggered now, dog, with certain words that we now take it and blow it up. Now we take this thing and make it a black and white thing because that's what the country is right now. We're divided like crazy. So now we take sports and these young kids who are pretty innocent, to be honest, 
for the most part, unless they're giving a gun to somebody um, to kill somebody. But besides that, we are basically innocent young boys and girls playing college athletics, talking smack, because that's what we were raised to do in a competitive environment. And now it has become words of Stephen A. Smith, blasphemy. It has become an unbelievable topic of discussion. And I just want to know, when has trash talking become a trending topic? Isn't it just daily, everyday life? No, it's not. You know why? Because Russell Westbrook wants fans kicked out of the game. Kyrie Irving, who barely plays and shows up to his own games, wants fans kicked out of the game. Devin Booker, who can't handle the heat and get out the kitchen, wants fans kicked out of the game because they heckled me. Bradley Bill has a, a, a charge now because he flipped the hat off a cat who told him he lost me $1,300. Like, dog, that is trash talking 101. The opponent's arena should talk trash to the players. That is why the road games used to be so meaningful. That is why road wins in the NBA and the NFL were so meaningful. We beat you and your crowd talking smack to us. Now you can't even talk smack? Now it's number one thing in Twitter and discussion? We got we can't talk shit no more? What's going on, man? Are we really this soft? We're this soft? See, I'm taking it as this young sister for LSU is taking it upon herself to shut down this white girl who's been cooking a bunch of sisters in the tournament all tournament long. Why is that a racially motivated tactic? How about it's just, man, I'd be damned if I let this white girl cook me. That is what the narrative is out there. So guess what? I'm going to go get in her grill. I'm going to talk smack. I'm going to give her the, I'm going to do all this. Like Larry Bird used to do to Jordan. Like Jordan and Kobe used to do to Penny Hardaway and Shaq and T-Mac and everybody else. Like, I, 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 I'm just dumbfounded, dog. I, I, I really am. Um, without further ado, though, let's get, let's get to business. I got to bring Zach Smith in. This is Menace Monday. Uh, make sure you're following Zach on all platforms, Minister Sports, Minister Betting. He's got on Patreon. Um, Zach's doing it big. Zach's been on vacation, so now uh, he's all fresh and, and ready to go. So, Zach, what up, man? What up? Man, uh, where'd you go, man? Like Bali or something? <laughs> no, fuck that. I went to Margo Island, Florida. Down, at, down on the beach, man. 86 and sunny. We didn't see a raindrop the whole time I was there. Damn, it's been like seven sixty-five. Yesterday was the nicest day in Cali in like I don't know months, and it's and it's supposed to rain today again. Really? I'm like, God damn! I wish uh, the government would stop messing with the uh, the, 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 the 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 weather. Don't you love to hear that? <laughs> oh, the government's controlling it. Like we're control just control the weather. Hey, I got a I got a roadcaster board here, Matt, uh, Zach. I don't know what you got a board that runs your show, but I'm like. Oh, tornado. Beep. I'm just going to drop a tornado on uh, Mississippi. Like, dog, it blows my mind that people are out there really thinking this stuff exists. Like, 
Oh, it's Harp. JB, Harp exists. It's in Alaska. Yeah, my brother used to be stationed there. I know all about it. I don't know if it's sending a beam up into space and controlling all of the weather around the world, though. I don't know about that one. Well, it's, uh, it's pollution. It's because we're dirty motherfuckers. That's what they say. No doubt. Hey, I, I saw a thing. Uh, this is like a, a couple weeks ago. It was talking about the, the ocean pollution, how much trash gets dumped in the ocean. You saw that graphic? Point. It was like 0.5% of the trash in the ocean comes from us. Yeah, we gotta listen to Greta Thornburg and motherfuckers tell us that we 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 gotta we gotta stop this. They didn't go the fucking Philippines, right? I get it's an island, there's nowhere to put the trash. They're responsible for like 25% of all the trash in the ocean. Or India? Yeah, all the fucking all, all, all the Middle Eastern like islands, and they got no, I don't know if they got no no trash, no landfills, it's too small. But I know this, I'm not worried about fucking straws anymore. Hey, third world countries, man. Oh, yeah, straws. We can't even have a – you got to ask for a straw in California at any restaurant. <laughs> you have to ask for a straw, and you know that they charge us for 10 cents a bag in the grocery store. So you got to bring your own bags or you get charged. Um, man, it's a different world, JB. I still love it. Uh, <laughs> hey, I got to get – I got to ask you a few – I got some uh, college questions to ask you before I get into this trash-talking topic that I'm just breaking – Hey, when is trash talking become such a topic of discussion? Uh, like it's trending on Twitter right now because you have a black girl who plays basketball and a white girl who cooked all the black girls all tournament long who looks like olive oil. She's cooking everybody. And this black girl said, you know what? I'm taking it upon myself to get in her grill and win us a natty at LSU. I don't see anything racially motivated in this whole discussion, but yet everybody on Twitter now, Acho and Keyshawn, and then you got the white side, Dave Portnoy, Barstool. Everybody's calling her classless and no class. And now they've turned it into a race thing. And I'm like, I don't think the white girl or the black girl cared about anything about race on that court last night. I don't believe anybody discussed race. It's the grown folks, Zach, the older folks, who are making this thing a racially motivated thing? What I think is because America's so divided, we have to have something to talk about. Well, they, everyone wants to make everything about race nowadays. It's like, oh, oh shit, a white girl did it, and then a black girl did it. Let's let's fucking go. This is perfect. Now we got one from each side that did it, and we can call it racism. We can call it all that. But I know this much. You're talking to the wrong one if, if uh, when, when you're talking to me about trash talk. Like, we were in the national championship game beating Oregon in the fourth quarter, and I'm on the sideline with my players taking selfies. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm here for all of it. I don't give a fuck about that. The, the girl from Iowa was doing this shit, too. Like, come on, man. I mean, listen, if it was my player doing that in the middle of the national championship game, afterwards I'd be like, listen, act like you've been there before. Like, but at the same time, celebrate. You just grinded your face off your whole life, and you just won it. You just won the whole fucking thing. Enjoy the shit out of that. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Uh, let me ask you this. I got this I got this take, though. Like, I go on Whitlock later on, and I know it's going to be some talk about this. I got a different take that I told a lot of people. I'm not going to tell say it all here because I'm going to go on his show later. But when are we going to start talking about the adults in the room, like the ones that actually coach these kids that – wear a tiger suit, leather, sparkly suit on the sideline, making it all about her and and and, and these coaches making it about them. I, I'm, I'm just confused as to why uh, 
I say no honor among thieves. We're now calling these young kids out, 18 to 20-year-olds, Zach, and saying, you don't have no class, no dignity. You have no humility. We want, we are expecting class, dignity, and humility from kids who are chasing an NIL bag every day and transfer four times who disrespect adults at an all-time high? Like, are you joking me? Like, what's going on here? How about the coach allows it instead of coaches it? Well, there's no doubt. I mean, that's what it is, right? It's, it's that's what that's what that's what culture is. I mean, I see it all the time. You see the viral videos of the AAU basketball team, bunch of fucking seven year olds talking shit. Like that's just that's just the world we live in now. And, and all of a sudden, it happens in this stage. It's like, oh, that's classless, motherfucker. Where are the parents at? That's just been classless since six year olds. Like that's just going on at every level. And I got I, listen. I think, like I said, act like you've been there before, but. If you're gonna talk that talk, be ready to hear it back. That's and, and old I'm girl from saying. Iowa was talking that shit too, got, right? Yeah, old girl from Iowa was talking that shit too. So be ready to hear it when you lose. And they got the brakes beat off them. Uh, got beat bad. So I mean, I'm just like, hey, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know, man. It's pretty crazy. No one ever amongst these. We're, we're expecting dignity and class. Like back in the day, Zach. When it, when we did something on the field or the court, even in little as little kids. What happened if we did something wrong? We got yanked, oh, huh? What? You got benched. You got, you might have got your ass beat. I mean, it was. <laughs> now, now I'm trying to figure this out. So now it's on the, the kid. Now the kid has no class. How about the coach didn't discipline the kid whatsoever, ever, maybe, ever. And that's why they act the way they do. I don't know. Well, but... She said it. And she said it in her press conference. She said, listen, I'm from Baltimore. Like this, this is who I am unapologetically. What does that tell you? That she's been doing that shit her whole life. What? What? Now you're mad at her? Old tournament, Zach. Yeah, Clark but, or whatever her name is. But Caitlin it, it, Clark or whatever. She was doing this the whole tournament. Nobody said nothing. Nobody. But you know what? You know. see it. You see it at every level. And you know what? You you see men do it all the time in football, basketball. You name it. Like they do it. This shit happens all the time. I don't know. It, it's people just need a reason to get outraged. I know it it, it, it. it sells articles. It, it's clickbait. Like people just love that shit because it's entertaining. Like, yep. I mean, look at what it. What's happening, dog? Zach, we the the number one thing that sells now is uh the fake people that go in there and try to talk to a guy at Walmart and, and then they and then they the dude's about to beat his ass and he turns around like, no, we're YouTubers. I don't care if you're a YouTuber. Hey, boy, hand me this. <laughs> I'll beat your YouTube ass. <laughs> yeah, get your ass beat. All right, keep keep talking if you want. Um, I don't know, man. Let me get into some college stuff with you. I got to ask you, uh, if I had to ask you right now, and you had to put your stamp on this, in five years from now, Zach, who will the college football blue bloods be? Who, five years from now? All right, I mean, let, me, let me ask you two questions. In five years, who's going to be the Blue Bloods? And I guess the first question I should ask, who are the current college football Blue Bloods? Because I think college basketball Blue Bloods have totally been changed. San Diego State plays UConn. UConn's probably one of the – they could be argued a Blue Blood. I'd put them on the second tier of Blue Bloods in basketball yeah. for men's. But um, they could be arguable. But UCLA's not in it. Kentucky, KU, uh, North Carolina, Duke. Nobody's blue bloods that are traditional are gone. Now you got FAU and and fairly Dickinson. I mean, like this is so watered down, in my opinion, because of the portal. We can talk about that for days, you and I. But the blue bloods right now, um, 
who are they and who will they be in five years? Well, you know, I, I think when you talk about blue bloods, you're talking about they were that and they are still that, right? And yeah. so Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State are, are definitely in the conversation. Michigan's kind of pushing to 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 maybe enter that stratosphere. But here's the funny thing about Michigan. They've never been a blue blood. Like people talk about them like they were under under Bo, but they won one national championship like ever. They were never really a blue blood. They were just always a really good Midwestern team. But you'd say they're pushing for that. And then and then you're going to have your new age ones, that the ones that people are looking at to possibly take that leap. I mean, Clemson's not a blue blood because they were so bad for so long. And they've they had a nice little spike there, but they've kind of fallen off. We'll see if they can get back to that, back to that, you know, playoff conversation. And then USC's the one. I mean, obviously, USC would be considered a blue blood. I mean, from all the OJ Simpson days and the Pete Carroll days. And now if Lincoln Riley can get them back in a playoff conversation, they definitely would re-enter the chat. Um, but other than that, I, I don't I don't know that there is any other ones. I mean, Texas. Hasn't really been relevant for quite a while. If you put Oakland, Texas and Michigan in the same boat, because what's Texas really done? Yeah, Texas. I mean, Texas and Michigan are pro probably in the same boat. I mean, Michigan at least has made the playoffs twice in the last two years, but they also haven't done shit when they got there. They got stomped twice. And Oklahoma would be the other one. I mean, they were awful this past year, but they were consistently in the playoff conversation, and they have a nice tradition in history. But outside of those schools, I don't know that there's even a school in the conversation. I, I know. Um let me ask you this. I want to talk to you about recruiting. I don't think the, the common folk don't understand what selector schools are. And I don't know if we could correlate the difference between or the, can we correlate selector schools with blue bloods? Uh, I wanted to ask you this. Um, I want to give you my definition. I want to get it from you that's been yeah. coaching Division One forever and been at places like Florida and Ohio State. Would you consider Florida during I, – I believe it's like uh, – it's era, right? It's era based. Uh, yeah. Florida, when you were there with Urban, was a blue blood. Yeah, I mean, because you, you got to think about it. They, it, it kind of transcended one coach or one decade, right? You had the Steve Spurrier era where they were the show, right? And then it kind of fell off a little bit with Ron Zook, but then Urban, right back to the show, right? National championships, national prominence. So there was a, you know, a 10, 15 year window there where Florida was absolutely one of the best teams in the country. Miami but, is the same way, right? Yeah, Miami is the same way. And, and Miami has a, a longer history going back way back with Jimmy Johnson's and Dennis Erickson's. And then, you know, then the 2001 Larry Coca, Co Coker, you know, two-year dynasty that he built. I, I, those are They're similar to me. They had a nice run, but it's not like they went from the 70s to the 2020s where they've been relevant, you know, sporadically throughout that whole time. And that's kind of how I view a blue blood. Like, were they relevant in the, at some point in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, the 2010s? And are they close to relevant now? And there's very few teams that have been relevant over that 50, 60-year span. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, let, let me ask you this. So a selector school, it, by, my, by definition for me, is Toledo's on a kid the whole time. He's been on a kid for three years. Mm -hmm. This kid's committed to Toledo the whole time. Ohio State comes in the 23rd hour, and Zach calls and says, hey, dog, we had our big-time kid went down. We need a wideout. You want to be in Ohio State, um, Buckeye? Hell yeah, coach, I'm there. He's been he's been a, a, a Toledo uh, – what are they, the Zip? Or rocket. Rocket. They've been a rocket for three years. 
Got a the, tattoo and everything. And you just snatched him on the 23rd hour before signing day. That is what how I define a selector school. Alabama yeah. and USC has been doing it forever. Last minute, take a kid from Oregon State. Take a kid yeah. from wherever. Here's the 12 selector schools on my board currently, and I want you to fight. Now, I don't believe there is 12 selector schools. Back in our day, Zach, there used to be maybe five. You used to have maybe Bama, SC, Ohio State, um, at, for a few years, Clemson, uh, Georgia, and then maybe maybe a Michigan, LSU, or Florida, depending, right? Miami, yeah. Oregon, and AM got in the conversation. Who are the true selector schools right now? And can a selector school be different than a current blue blood? Because right now with the transfer portal and the NILs, blue bloods change every year, in my opinion. I think the blue blood school is a year-to-year thing now. There is no more yeah. consistent. We can say Bama and Georgia and, and all that, but Georgia just became a blue blood. Let's not get it twisted. Georgia hasn't been a blue blood for a long time. No, 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 no. Georgia was always the the, selector schools. And how do you differentiate a selector and a blue blood? Or are they the same to you? See, I always look at, because you're talking about, you know, at at the end of the day, a a school like Indiana, they can steal a kid from Ball State whenever they want. But to me, it's, all right, who can go take a kid at at the final hour from Missouri or Kentucky, right? It's that, you know, good schools, they're not bad at football. They're not terrible. They're in a good conference. But at the end of the day, if Alabama comes in and offers the best receiver in Kentucky's class the day before signing day, that some bitch is probably flipping, right? That, that's how I look at it. And I think there's certainly it's certainly Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. Those are three for sure. I think USC with Lincoln Riley is, is a fourth that could go take a kid from Oregon State in the final hour, without a doubt. Outside of those four, I don't know if anyone really holds that stick. That they can swing. Clemson, maybe. That's that's honestly about it. I I agree. I agree. Like, I don't know if there's any other schools that are coming in last minute um and snatching somebody right now in the current landscape. Like Tennessee's getting one of the top quarterbacks in America from out here, Nico. I mean, is he is he is he is he overhyped? Is that why Tennessee's getting them? Or is Alabama and them not interested? Or is are they a blue blood now because they got the kid over Alabama? No. I just yeah. think it's because of who's available and what people have on their current roster. Well, and the other thing that's changed it is NIL. I mean, Miami has become a, a selector school because they, they got a bankroll. It's 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 become more like, all right, who's the purchasers? <laughs> like, who are the buyers? Because yeah, exactly. at the end of the day, there's a running back committed to Ohio State forever. Miami comes in in the final hour and, and cuts a big-ass check, and Mark Fletcher ends up a hurricane doing this shit. And you're like, wait a minute now. That doesn't happen to Ohio State. Like, there's a reason for that, right? The kid Nico goes to Tennessee. It's not because he was just a diehard bowl or they're a selector school. He got that big check. So you, you've really created selector schools, and there's a, a tier above them. It's the buyers, the people that are willing to go purchase a player for, for exorbitant am- amounts of money. No doubt. Um, let me. I want to get into this uh, Jalen Carter deal. So you you see this on uh you talked about on your show Minnesota Sports you 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 got into this you're way more in depth in this college thing, this kid um, first of all two questions do you think Saban took a shot at Nate Oates the Alabama basketball coach when he said we all have choices we make decisions uh, et cetera et cetera there is no uh, at the wrong place at the wrong time I believe is what he said 
I 1,000% thinks he took a shot at him because I think Saban's pissed because he knows he can't cover up for any kid now going forward that does something dumb, and now he he can't do anything because they're under the limelight. Do you think he took a shot at him um, from football coach, legendary football coach, to the basketball program? And um, answer that. Do you think that was real? Or do you yeah. think, I think Saban's calculated as anybody. He used his exact words. The coach, <laughs> the basketball coach came out and said he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Nick Saban I, says there's no such thing as the wrong place at the wrong time. It was almost like a fucking debate. I he know. absolutely had intent behind that. And if anybody thinks he didn't, this is the most calculated man, one of the most brilliant, like has so much foresight and, and, and well thought out reasons for when he says something or does something. You go back to when NIL became legal and he warned the country that it was going to be awful for college football, but that, that, that Alabama was going to utilize it to keep, stay ahead of the game. And he's done that. He did. He, he absolutely meant that. And I'm sure, like you said, this man runs the state of Alabama. He looked at it and was like, wrong place at the wrong. T- you stupid motherfucker. Like, now I'm going to get a kid that gets, you know, gets drunk at a bar and I'm going to have to fucking suspend him because now we're the wrong place at the wrong time university. Yeah. He was livid. Like, you, you know, Zach, we have all, we grade our, we grade our screw ups, right? Like we get a kid, we get a kid that smoke weed. All right. We got a grade for that. All right. To me, that's like a C. I'm going to bring you in from Alabama on a kid that get kicked out. Let's say you got a little bit of a credit card. Uh, you had credit card fraud. Ah, uh, it's a C minus. I'll still bring you in because I can fix you. You got a DUI. All right, son. Nobody died, but that could lead to a death as we've been seeing lately. Um, but we can save that kid, right? He was an idiot. <laughs> wrong time, wrong place, or whatever you want to say it. Um, he's an idiot. We can save him. And then you get into the whole the whole other side of it, you know, the dorm mishaps uh, with, with women and all this stuff. We don't want to even get into that. That's an F. We're not taking that kid. Yeah. So we can save a lot of these guys. But with the Oats situation, I know Saban's like, if my kid farts in the wind and we smell it, I got to cut the kid because now the ESPN is going to be on my campus asking me, well, how are you allowing him to play? So the basketball program has set me back from allowing my maybe outside linebacker from starting against uh, Georgia this year because he does some stupid shit at a frat party the night before. Now I got to suspend him, but or do I come out and say, "Well, Oates let the kid with the guns play the whole season." Like, like they're in a peculiar situation, and I know Saban is hot as fish grease, and I know that is why he's done this. Uh, leading over to, to this Jalen Carter thing, who could have been the number one pick by the Chicago Bears if they didn't trade the pick, and they and and he could have went as high as one. He can go as high as seven to the Raiders. He's been dropped. Um, apparently, he's dropping. He's coming off the board. The Raiders said no. The Lions have said no. The Seahawks now, uh, who have number five, have said no. Like, what? Where you? What do you take from this? And 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 is it a Laramie Tunzel situation with the mask on, or is it uh, is it is it just an idiot that's going to be overlooked because he can play and clog up and d- to demand a double team? And that's what the NFL cares about most. They don't really care about what you do off the court field. Well, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, is it mean he's a bad kid? Like. What did he do? He, he he was a little lazy and showed up out of shape to his pro day. He was speeding with, you know, they were racing cars a little bit with his friend who had unfortunately died. Like, he didn't kill him. They, it was definitely a bonehead decision. But look at Laramie Tunsil. 
Laramie Tunsil falls in the draft. All these concerns. Motherfucker's a three-time pro bowler. Like, just signed a big bag. Right. Like, okay, Laramie Tunsil smoked a gas mask. Is he still going to be a three-time all-pro all player? Because if he is, fuck it. Figure it out. Now, if he raped someone, if he, I mean, if he was the fucking o the Oats dude that, did, that was involved in a murder, all right, now, now you could have a fucking Henry Ruggs or Damon Arnett situation. But, it, oh, smoke some weed. Oh, he was racing around. Oh, he's a little lazy. Get They'll get over that shit so fast, and it might drop his stock. But watch, that motherfucker will still be a three-time Pro Bowler after four or five years, and people will forget about that shit, and he'll get a big-ass contract. I mean, we've had too many guys that we've seen do. I mean, Kareem Hunt's playing. Uh, right. Kamara, Kamara's going to face maybe suspension for beating up a dude in Vegas last year. He got to play last year, but now this year you're going to make him ineligible? Like, what are we doing? And then you got a kid who bet $1,500 on DraftKings who may, who was suspended the whole season, but DraftKings is the NFL's number Man, one got, sponsor. You got Tyree Kill, Kareem Hunt, Joe Mixon, all out there balling. Like, what are we fucking talking about? And my guy Calvin Ridley put a little coin on his boys to win. Get the fuck out of here. Mixon's on film hitting a bra. I mean, wow. I mean, close <laughs> fist, knockout punch. I mean, fuck Kareem it. Hunt. I mean, we could go down the laundry list of things, but I'm just like, now we're, now we're the... Oh. The Saints. Hey, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you haven't, you need to watch it on YouTube. Bill Burr, when he was on one of those late night shows, he said, talking about the NFL players, like, oh, they're like, there's some moral compass. Like, they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to beat my girlfriend because Ray Rice did. It's like, what the fuck? He said, he said that Roger Goodell could walk out on stage and punt a baby with steel tip shoes. I'm still going to watch on Sunday. I don't care. I still want to watch football. I know, man. I don't think people realize that. And they don't, and the NFL owners don't care because look at Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, exactly. the owners don't care. The owners don't care. All right, I got to move over to the NFL real quick. Um, let me ask you this whole Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers thing. Um, to, to you, no, no, having receivers, especially McLaurin, who I think is the single best receiver out there right now, for Lamar Jackson, and I've I've broken down as to why. I think Washington has one good one special one in McLaren. You coached them. Um, does Washington make sense for Lamar Jackson now with the enemy taking a little bit of Andy Reid, Mahomes ish stuff over to Washington? They can cut the field in half because you and I both know Lamar ain't dropping back in ten personnel and reading coverage and going from right no. to the left to back to the middle. Let's cut the field in half. Let's use RPO play action and boot nakeds and get him the ball to McLaurin. We can't double McLaurin because we got to load the box to stop the run game in Lamar. Uh, does Washington make sense for you and McLaurin with Lamar? I mean, it does for a couple of reasons. One, I think Terry McLaurin is a great, a great wide receiver one for him to, to have. And Terry has been operating with horrible quarterback play. So Lamar's an improvement no matter how well he throws it. I mean, it's, you're going to get more out of Terry with Lamar than you did with fucking, what's his name, Heineke or Heineke or whatever that is. Um, I think Curtis Samuel's a decent weapon in the NFL. He hasn't had a great career yet, and that's my guy, so I'm a little partial and biased. But they also went out in free agency and got three offensive linemen. I mean, it looks like this is the next piece. If they can get a quarterback that's worth a shit, and Lamar's a guy that can create plays and make things happen, if they can do that, I think Terry being there is huge for him, and I think I think it's a great fit. And you mentioned it. Bienemy would be – I mean, you know he wants it. 
he's dying for Lamar because he's kind of Pat Mahomes can't throw it as well, but he can run around and make plays with his feet. Um, I, I think it's a good fit for him, for sure. Um, and if you're a betting man, where does he end up? Does, let me ask you this. I don't believe he's going to play for the Ravens. I think he's going to sit out if they make him, if they tag him and nobody takes him. But I have to ask you this uh, first thing. Why does he have no suitors? Like, isn't he the, the MVP? Mama. Isn't he the guy? I'm trying to figure out why no one else is. A, this is an NFL, Zach, that is beyond bad as quarterback as far as 32 teams. 39 quarterbacks last year threw 100 passes in the NFL. Never before have we seen anything like it. We have Never. a lot of average to below average quarterbacks in this league. Why is nobody coming after the dude? Well, because nobody's as dumb as the Browns. And he wants a fucking Deshaun Watson contract. And everyone in the NFL is still laughing at Cleveland for that contract. Ain't nobody signed giving a fully guaranteed 250 million. No. I mean, you don't even even the any all the quarterback signings you see. I went through it with Chris the other day because he was like, Oh, what's his name? Kyler got this. I'm like, no, no, no. That was like 70% guaranteed. This some bitch wants 100 percent guaranteed money, and no one's doing that. That's dumb, especially a quarterback like him. Like it just doesn't make sense. He hasn't played football in two fucking years. Who's guaranteeing money for that? I, no I one. Know. It's not that there's plenty of teams that would love to have Lamar be their quarterback. They're just not financially stupid. And that would be really dumb. It would be maybe even more. I don't know if it's more dumb than the Browns, but it's up there. It's, it's in the conversation. I know. The thing about it is we always have an outlier or an anomaly, right? Everything, right. every, the car salesman has an outlier. Oh man, you sold that fucking Rolls Royce on this Toyota dealership three years ago. Well, right. guess what? That's the only time ever, it ever happened. Like, right. And it doesn't outlier. mean it's not fucking stupid. <laughs> That's like, what I'm trying to figure out. I'm, I'm like, dog, you got to give up two picks for Lamar and how much money? A shitload of money. Two fifty guaranteed. I wouldn't yeah. pay him fucking one hundred twenty guaranteed. Uh, dog, I would have took the one thirty. First of all, um, I had Patrick Queen, his teammate, on the show the other day for the Ravens linebacker. Yeah. Um, let me let me ask you this: He has an agent. I talked to him about it briefly without getting too much into it. Like you, you got a guy coming out, McLaurin, Terry McLaurin's coming out of college. You just had him. You're going to have an exit meeting with him before he goes to the draft, and you're going to say, look, dog, do you talk to him at all about agents and, like, who are they? Because they come around this campus. I'm sure you deal with them and meet them. Uh, I used to do the same thing, and I'm like, dude, make sure you're not getting snaked by this cat because he really don't care about you in two years from now if you don't sign that second contract. They don't care about the first contract. They care about the second one. Are you talking to him at all about that, and are you advising him to – Maybe not use their mama as an agent, but their agent. That would have been fucking the number one. No, don't do that. <laughs> like, I love mama, but mama don't know best. Um, nah. Yeah, we. I talked to my players about it, but you got to think. Like at Ohio State, there's been so many players just in a three, four-year window that went to the NFL, and they're all friends, so they all talk. And if an agent's a shit bag, that shit filters down to the team, and they find out quick. And there's agent advisory boards, and then there's there's – Unique situations, like I had a kid, Austin Mack, who's in the NFL now, kind of a practice squad, uh, you know, fringe roster player, but he, he wanted to sign with Gary Vee and his agency because he wanted the the marketing power, and, and it, it all made sense, and I like Gary Vee. So there's certain c- circumstances where, where they asked my opinion, but 
that was that was pretty rare because for the most part they're like, oh no, like Zeke and Noah Brown got this guy and he's good to both of them. Noah was a sixth rounder, Zeke was a first rounder. He knows what he's doing. Like I'm I'm gonna go with him. And I'm like, well, it sounds good. Noah likes him, so what the fuck? Noah works with him every day. I don't know him that well. So the 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 network of former players kind of handles it for you. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I gotta. Uh... I'm just trying to figure out where he goes. Uh, why is Aaron Rodgers thing taking so long, in your opinion? Because Aaron Rodgers is a dickhead. Because <laughs> he he knows he has all the cars. He's like, "Fuck you! I'll let you know when I want to." <laughs> I, I know that. I know they have to. Uh, I know there's more to it now. I, I know there's got to be some picks involved. All this different stuff. But like, do you think Aaron Rodgers is the number one in pecking order that has to happen before Lamar Jackson can? Get his deal done because it seems well, like- certainly a team that's talked to both. I mean, you look at Washington in the mix with the Jets, right? So I, I think it's 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 if a team is communicating with all available free agent quarterbacks, which I'm sure they all have tried, but Aaron Rodgers, he's very calculated and a smart dude. He's not going to fucking entertain, you know, the Colts. I mean, he he's going to only entertain places that he feels like they can win and they can win soon, like right now. So I think those those teams that are kind of conversing with with Lamar and Aaron, they're definitely everyone's waiting on Aaron Rodgers. Now, if it's a team that's like, well, he won't call us back, fuck it, let's go full in and try to get Lamar. I think that's a different situation. But Aaron Rodgers needs to happen for for Lamar to kind of limit his options, like get one off the table. And uh, I do a little segment before you get out of here, uh, JB's top ten. I got to ask you. Um, College football-wise, receiver-wise, uh, your specialty, obviously. Um, the top 10 receivers returning next year to college football. Not the top 10 ones coming out right now getting drafted, Ooh. but the top ones returning like Marvin Harrison Jr. Is he number one for you? Oh, yeah. He's number one for me, for sure. And is and then is uh, the uh, – what's his name? Uh, Amika, is he, is he possibly even number two? Uh, I don't know if he's number two for me, but he's close. I mean, he, he he had a really good year last year. I think if with a level up, like if he can have a big off season, he could be, I mean, he's definitely top 10. He's on the list already. But if he has a great off season, I think you got a chance. He's got a chance to be one of the best in the country. And then you're, I think what's not really arguable is they'll be the best one, two punch in college football. I don't know if he's two per se, but it, it's, he's going to have a chance to be. What do you know about the kid? I got this kid as my number two kid uh, that I've looked at through, and I don't do it as deep deep as you. The Washington kid, the O'Dunsey kid. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot about him. I watched a little bit of him. I mean, I think he he's a good player, but he's also benefited from a really good system and Michael Penix Jr. So it, I don't I don't know that he's going to be one of those players they're talking about in the top 15 of the draft. You know, then that's what we're talking about next year. What receivers will they be saying? Oh, this kid could be a, the 14th overall pick. And I don't what think your, where do you stand with this worthy kid at Texas, the Xavier worthy kid. I, I, I really like him. I really like Xavier worthy. I think he's got a chance to be one of the top five receivers in college football. I also like the kid, Johnny Wilson, the big freak in, at Florida state. He is a, he's a, he's a raw kind of unpolished freak show. Freak what about the neighbor's kid at LSU? Yeah, I really like him. Really like him. And I, th- I think that's – he was uh, – he benefited, you know, with Jaden Daniels and, and Brian Kelly in the system. But I think he was a – you know, really came on strong towards the end of the year. And he he, he reminds me a lot of a Mecca where, like, if he can have a great offseason, 
he's got a chance to be one of those names that everyone's talking about a year from now. The kid, uh, Jalen McMillan, who is a tandem, like you mentioned, the two Ohio State kids, the uh, Dunsey kid and the Jalen McMillan kid at Washington. Washington's put together quite a little recruiting class in the or recruiting uh, roster kids at wideout with, to go along with Penix, who's returning. Um, I think he had uh, – they said he had like a record 54 receiving first downs or something last year. Um, yeah. He only trailed uh, Marvin Harrison. <laughs> Do you, you know about this kid? Jalen McMillan? Did you about the kid from Washington? The other kid at Washington? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, if you look at just stats, stats alone, which I know aren't everything, but the top out of, out of the top five returning production receivers in college football, one and two are Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka, and then three and five are are the two receivers from Washington. So they clearly have they've done the most thus far. So I, I just I think a lot of that has to do with the system. A lot of that has to do with the quarterback and Michael Penish Jr. and the same could be said about Marvin Emeka. I mean, having C.J. Stroud and Ryan Day's offense certainly helps receiver stats. But I, I think those are going to be four of the top ten receivers in college football, assuming, you know, they and the Washington kids got their quarterback back. Michael Penix Jr. is back. So you would only imagine their production and their value will increase. How's the Georgia kid McConkey or whatever? I mean, he was hurt most of the year, but he was, he was ridiculous against Ohio State. And he's a legit, fast, fast guy. I... I I just worry about receiving. You look at the receivers at Georgia. I mean, shit, they've never really had a dominant receiver. I mean, since AJ Green. So I don't know if the system and Kirby's defensive-minded program and and now their Stetson Bennett's gone and we don't know who the quarterback is. I, I think Lad McConkey is 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 a stud, but I don't know if he's that guy. You know. So is there any FCS um, guys or not FCS FBS guys, but mid major? Because I'm hearing about this kid from Western Kentucky. A buddy of mine coaches there and says he's yeah. big time. Are these schools more likely to get these guys now because of the portal, the NILs, and all that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we I'm, know. I'm actually, sh- I'm shocked that, huh? I'm shocked that kid is 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 playing for Western Kentucky. I mean, he's talking about the Corley kid or whatever. Yeah, Malachi Corey. Yeah, where's he from? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. So he's um, legit. I mean, he's he's legit for that level. I mean, yeah, he averaged 13 yards a catch. He led he led all returning receivers in in yards and and he had 11 touchdowns last year. I think that was third of returning receivers of Marvin Harrison Jr. and I think another small t- small college receiver. So I mean, he he's had a ton of production there. It's just I just don't know. I mean, <coughs> Western Kentucky so let me, is still. Let me, let me ask still, you, like, so this kid goes to Western Kentucky. Is it out of the simple fact that? Either A, too many transfers are happening now where it's diluting the process. Now these guys are not only not going to, all right, screw it. I'm going to just go play somewhere and try to get to the league over, let me chase the NIL bag and go to Georgia and not really be the guy, but be the other guy. Let me go to Western Kentucky. Are we seeing more of that? I I think you see more of that. And also, um, you know, it kind of. It's di- there's there's fine you, you can find a diamond in the rough. I mean, this kid obviously was under recruited for his value. What's surprising to me is you look at what Jordan Addison did. I mean, he was playing at Pitt. We're not talking about Western Kentucky. He's in the ACC, but he still said, you know what? I need to go play bigger football. One, because I want a chance at a natty, and two, I need that film. I need to go against big time corners to to go to the NFL and remove all doubt, right? And this kid's gonna play at Western Kentucky. There's gonna be a bunch of doubt. Like, yeah, he he was a really good player, but. 
Who is he going against? I was shocked when that kid didn't jump in the portal and try to go to, you know, and you name name a big time college. I, I was surprised that he didn't. The kid, the uh the Corley kids from uh Washington State. And there's some kids that a lot Washington State is a very, very under-recruited one of the top tight ends in America. I brought to Indy and he ended up going back to Washington. He's, he plays at Washington now, Quentin Moore. Um he was a big time recruit. A recruit. Um, Washington has a lot of under, a lot of talent up there that don't, get, you know, because you got you got rainy weather and all the suicide talk everywhere, every day in Seattle yeah. in that area. Yeah. Bellevue is an under recruited little town. Uh, we've seen some great NFL players come out of. But as you leave here, tell somebody the most under recruited state in the union um, that has talent. Hmm. I, you know, my favorite was, and it's it's since I, I first walked in there, it's become kind of a smaller hotbed, but I love St. Louis. There's some ballers in St. Louis. And and when I first went in there back in the Ezekiel Elliott days, no one really recruited there, but like Mizzou. And all the kids That's went to Mizzou. State, right? Yeah. And so I, I pulled probably, I think, three kids out of St. Louis in my time at Ohio State. And, and one of them had like four knee injuries, but he was going to be a great player. The other two were great players. So... I think I love St. Louis, um, but I, I I don't know I, I don't know outside of that because I was always in the hotbeds. Urban always sent me to fucking Virginia Beach, South Florida, the DMV. I'm like motherfucker, everybody's here. I'm seeing all like Bama's best recruiter, Miami's best recruiter. It's like I wanted to go to a place like St. Louis, or I, I, I love St. Louis. I think Chicago is a place that for whatever reason just doesn't have great football players, but you know they have talent, and it, most of it's grade-oriented, the school systems. But Chicago has fucking freak athletes. Look at the basketball. I know, man. I was going to say Chicago. It's under-recruited in football, but you yeah. don't see the football guys coming out of Chicago because it's so basketball-driven. Um, I love recruiting Chicago. I used to go get big linemen out of Chicago, that like Lincoln High School. A lot of guys didn't recruit Chicago because – they just don't have the uh, I get New York's another one for football. Yeah, it is. Like, New York, I don't I don't really go there. I mean, a lot of people don't go there, so I'd go fucking to New York and find a six seven basketball kid that turned a tackle and yeah. was a freak. And that was my favorite. Uh, you meet some fucking kid is recruited. I love meeting a six five three hundred pound kid. Like, oh, I, I think I'm gonna play basketball. I'm like, bitch, in college basketball, to six five players move like five foot nine kids. Like, your big ass needs to play tackle. And there's a million. Million. And there's not a lot of those guys playing this. Antonio Gates found out. He became a yeah. Hall of Famer because he switched. Yep. Hey, uh, you on the show? You back, huh? You on the show today? Uh, back with, on the uh, show, Chris? man. I'm excited. You back on it, huh? Who, what, what's the topic? Fuck, I don't know. I've been gone for, for 11 days. <laughs> Hell yeah. Everything. Uh, are you, are you, did you hit any spring ball game practices? No, man, I was with my kids at the beach. I was, I planned on it. I talked to Miami. I talked to South Florida. I was going to, I got, I, I was invited to. And then we, you know, every day was something else. They want to go to the pool. They want to go to the beach. My kids, I, my kids haven't been on vacation since I got fired. So this is the first time they got to go to like anywhere, like a beach or a palm tree. So they were like, there was no shot. I had no fucking chance. <laughs> hey, so the, 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 the main minister sports logo behind you, dog, we going to get the, the beard taken off or what? I need to, I need to, I need to get a new, I got a mural there. She's starting my, my mural tomorrow. So this, this whole background is going to change, but I'm not on it. Cause I'm not like, maybe I should have put myself on it. I don't know, but it, it would have been a beardless version of myself if, if I was on it. 
No doubt. Uh, man, I appreciate you, man. Uh, if you, I'll let you know what's happening with that other thing, too, and uh, and I'll hit cool. you up, and then uh, we'll talk again. Sounds good, bro. I right, appreciate it. All right. Later. Zach Smith, everybody. Uh, appreciate him, as always, coming on the show on this Menace Monday. Um, oh, no honor amongst thieves. A lot of talk. Hit that pound the like button. Subscribe. Become a member if you're not one. Um Make sure you pound the like button, please. Let's get 500 likes. We almost got 600 people in here right now. Uh, the people love my barbecue Saturday. Uh, we had a, uh, I made one, some of the best pulled pork I had. I put it in some baked beans, my, my famous uh, barbecue brown sugar baked beans that I make. Um, I'm going to start doing those recipes and stuff on Patreon. If you're not a member, become one. Uh, Zach, or, uh, Zach, uh, Sean Salisbury and I will get back to Last Chance Q today. Uh, we'll be back on Patreon, plus an extra hour for this show will be on Patreon as well um, for all the members. And plus, all my videos will be unlocked. We'll figure that out today. Uh, all the coaching videos that are on there that are locked, they'll be unlocked for all you members. So if you're not a member of the Patreon, come on over. The best $19.99 you can spend. Uh, we were going to start having some exclusive freakish content on there in a good way. Um, so make sure you remember, if you're not a um, Discord member, Slap Nation is full effect. Make sure you're a Slap Nation uh, Discord member. Come on over and chop it up with us. Matt McChesney just talked. just texted me. Um, I'm going to take a three-minute break, and and uh, he got into a car accident. He is okay. He is okay. Um, he is okay, but he got into a car accident, and he is on the way now to a rental car so he was on his way to the, to the, to the, to his office to get on the show and, 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 uh, and this happened. So, um, I'm gonna take a three minute break. I'll be right back. I'm gonna talk to Matt and, uh, I'll see you guys in about three minutes. Pound the like button. I'll be right back. Let me ask you this. This is a, this is a totally different subject because I'm sitting there watching this NASCAR and I've had this conversation with multiple people, NASCAR drivers, athletes or no. Yes. This is why, um, now, I define an athlete by a cat that can that looks decent shooting a jumper, that has a natural golf swing, that right. can bowl a strike, that can throw a football, that can get on the bench and hit 225. Like I look at a guy and define him as that. Like I can do all those things. I know I you all that. Pat McAfee, he, 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 you could tell Pat McAfee when he was a he was a kicker in the NFL, but you could tell he could do all those things I just mentioned. Agreed. And people don't know. Some guys get out and be a stiff, horrible looking golf club. Like right. these are like they're good as an old lineman, but then are nothing else, right? Or or whatever you want to anyone like that. Yep. I just athletes that way that can play anything, even like shoot a shoot some pool or you know, anything, any sport they're good at. I think that's the great athlete. So this is why I say this. I've got to know some NASCAR drivers. From so, what they have told me and what I've heard, yeah, is they are literally they do not recover in between races because of how their how bad their body gets beat up from race to race. They right. never recover fully. Right. Uh, kind of like football, we don't you know we don't get the soreness out for three four days. Right. They're they don't ever get it out between races. Right. Like so, they get banged up. It is a collision sport. So football and NASCAR were the only two, by definition, collision sports in the world. Hockey, basketball, and baseball considered contact. Contact, sport. right, right. So 
football no longer is collision in my opinion. <laughs> What's I'm your with, take on it? I'm with you on that. So my, my take is if, if you're going to call race car drivers athletes, tell me the athletic movement they're performing while doing their sport. Gas clutch, break, gas clutch brake shift. That's not an athletic movement. I mean, look, let's be honest. You've got 16-year-old kids on the street right now doing it. I mean, highly skilled, great hand-eye coordination, balls, fearlessness, toughness, have to be in some sort of physical shape to, to go through the entire NASCAR season, right, and circuit, all of that. What's the athletic movement of turning left? Again, if so if they're athletes, fighter pilots are the greatest athletes who ever lived because they're going whatever they're going, one little mistake, one little turn of that yoke, and you're dead. And you know, it's a good conversation, right? dog. I so so listen, I, I respect what they do even more so by watching it and live and in the indie car, even more so, man, because you know they got to make one more move on a pebble on that thing, they're going flying, right? Athletes, though, come on, bro. We know what athletes are, you know, what okay, athletes are. Then. Is a baseball pitcher an athlete? Absolutely, that's an athletic movement, no question. Hockey, Ooh, baseball. We got some fat, sloppy motherfuckers out there that don't can't even get off the mound. No doubt, no doubt. Jerome Bettis did not have the greatest body in the world, but, that's a, but he can tote that rock, right? You, Leon Lett probably might have been the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my life. Warren, you, you need to see Warren Sapp then. Warren Sapp, Leon Lett. When, 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 when my boy was on that Cowboy team and told me that Leon Lett used to beat Dion in the first 10 yards out of a gate on a 40, I was like, what? They were wow. like, dog, I'm telling you, Leon Lett's a fucking freak. Wow. He played against him, I'm sure, right? Absolutely. He was towards the end of his career, but yeah. I, mean, damn, I mean, what he did on those teams, I mean, I, I could see it. I, we've seen some freaks in nature, obviously, but are NASCAR drivers athletes? That's a hell of a question. Um I don't know what you guys thought. Matt's okay. He's pissed off. Uh, he got his car hit, but he's okay. Um, he'll be fine. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, um, uh, True Pac, I feel you on that. Um, hey, it ain't even really race talk. It's uh, It's why are we bringing it up? Like, that's the problem that I'm tripping off of. Like, how is it not just... Shit talk. <laughs> like, why is it race talk? I don't know. But it's it's what's happening every day. Uh, Titans are interested <clears throat> in trading for Lamar. Um, the Titans are interested in trading for Lamar. A year ago, the Falcons were ready to go all in for Deshaun Watson, despite his off-field issues and a pair of ACL tears and zero MVP trophies. This year, they're not giving much of a thought to MVP quarterback Lamar Jackson, who has never had any off-the-field issue. Here's the debate. Uh, I mean, everything that becomes available around the league, if it can improve our roster, we discuss. Head coach Arthur Smith of Atlanta Falcons said, but we will not pursue Jackson, he said. Looking at it objectively, I'd say there's some concern over how long he can play his style of game. Hopefully a long time, but he's missed five or six games each of the last two years. Each game counts a lot in our business, owner Arthur Blank says, of Lamar Jackson. So I've talked about this before. The, the, uh, the Titans are now interested in apparently trading up um, 
apparently are, are, are interested in trading up for a number three pick in the draft. Um, very interesting. I'm very interested to see why they want to move up that much, why they're going to move up um, to, to that, but we'll see. Um, Deshaun Watson is, is in the news again, and apparently the Browns and him, um, the, the $230 million guarantee from the contract that they signed the NFL's funding rule requires the Browns to place 160 million of that money into escrow by the 31st, which was four days ago. It is still unknown if Cleveland placed 160 million dollars into escrow. Um, curious to see how this unfolds. Is this a way to get out? Is this a way to get out? Um, we're going to see, I'm curious to see if this is a way for them to try to get out of this thing. Um, because apparently this is something that's been discussed for a while now. They tried to get them to take, um, trying to get them to take a Tom Brady approach, try to get him to take a sacrificial lamb approach. Let's take a cut so we can get better players in here so we can play longer together. We can win championships together, blah, blah, blah. But when you pay that much money up front, you're usually screwed. And uh, Kansas City Chiefs probably structured the $500 million contract with Mahomes as good as you could have done it. Allows them to still get players front loaded in the first three or four years of that $500 million contract. And the Chiefs are benefiting from it, just winning another Super Bowl. So the Chiefs have done it about as good as you can. The Rams may have done it about as poorly as you can. Um, and they sacrifice all things to get one ring. And I think the Rams have been set back three or four or five years, possibly, by just getting that one ring. So um, it's going to be curious. It's going to be curious to see um, how this thing unfolds, um, not only with Lamar, Aaron Rodgers, but there's still other quarterbacks out there who I think have a lot of experience in the league who can benefit or a team can um, use their services like Ryan Tannehill. Why is he still out there? Is he just going to be a Tennessee Titan? Is he going to be the guy there? Uh, are they going to move up in the draft? Are they going to get into the QB sweepstakes in the draft that everyone's so excited and animate about? Um, Sean Salisbury and I break down our draft, mock draft. We're going to get into our mock draft, and we're going to compete against the, uh, the NFL – so-called experts when it comes to drafts like Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. We're going to compare our draft to theirs. So we're going to do a mock draft on Last Chance Q. So make sure you check it out. Um, Eric Towns, how about you shut the hell up? Nobody cares what you have to say. <laughs> you're not even a member and you're talking already. We don't know you. We don't know you. Who cares about Malik Willis? He's horrible. So what? I mean, shut the hell up or become a member. Um, we got to get into this George Kittle thing. He was on WWE with Pat McAfee the other day. He, you know, Pat blew up the other day. I, was, I didn't even know he was on uh, the WWE until people started tagging me. I was like, I was like, damn, Pat's back at the wrestling thing with George Kittle. George Kittle uh, was on Pat's show uh, recently, so they're doing a little thing with Snoop Dogg. WWE was the host uh, here at the Staples. I mean, here at the. Uh, 
SoFi. Um, seemed like it was fun. But George Kittle apparently has come out and said he is against playing um, on this on the twice on Thursdays. Basically, he said, "I'm in a multi, uh, I'm in a multiple car accident every Sunday," is what he said, and that is why I told Tyoka Jackson I believe that NASCAR drivers are athletes because you are taking a pounding like no other. And Tyoka should know that of anybody. I'm going to have Tyoka Jackson back on. He's a great dude. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him about this again because I think you take the rigor and the pounding of a NASCAR driver that you take every single bumping on that 500-mile track uh, or 500-mile race has to be taxing. Just like a jockey on a horse. I believe they are athletes. I'm sorry. Um Football players are in multiple car crashes every Sunday, and now you want them to play twice on Thursdays is what Kittle, um, Mahomes, NFL uh, big-time faces have come out and been disgruntled about it. Um, So curious to see um, what happens with that. But he is against it. He says that recovery is a brutal, brutal thing each week. Uh, I don't agree with that. Uh, we've been playing this for a long, long time. We've been playing this for a long, long time. And I'm just confused. Eric Towns is gone. He's a troll. Um, I'm confused in this thing as to why now. Why now is it such a big-time recovery issue? I mean, we've been playing this game our whole life, dog. And guess what? <laughs> I, I All the football coaches in the room that are my age, please stand up. All the players in the room that played, please stand up. D. Jones, are you standing up or are you on your knees? Because I don't know if you played. Please let me know if you played or not, D. Jones. Because I got to ask, and I want to be honest here. We played on Saturdays and we played on Sundays. And as my last games and career games and uh, whether I was playing arena football or NFL Europe or being cut was 2002, maybe end of 0102, end of 02, 03. I guess 03. So 20 years ago uh, was my last football game of any competitive nature professionally speaking, where I got a check. And we would play on Saturday. We would come in for treatment on Sunday. And we would practice on Monday in full gear. Now, got to professional business. We we played on Sunday, Monday's treatment. Tuesday, we were in shells and shorts, and we were thudding. We had pods, we were one-on-ones, we had D-line, O-line one-on-ones, we had wide-out DBs one-on-ones, it was physical. On Wednesday, we were full go, full gear. Thursday, full go, full gear. Friday was back to shells and shorts. And based on what level you were playing, Saturday was games or Sunday was games. So... I'm just confused now why everyone now has created this narrative that we can't play 
on a Saturday and practice on a Monday or play on a Sunday and practice on a Tuesday, everything now has been catered to the players and we have created the softest league of our known generation of our known existence. This is the clearly the softest league I've ever seen it. As as soft as I've ever seen this great NFL league that we put together is now the softest I've ever seen. And it's trickled down to youth football. It's trickled down to high school football. And now we are seeing an excuse for an excuse. Now we practice too much. We play too hard. Now it's a multiple car crash every Sunday. Now it takes us a week to recover. So why in a world that is so science-based, driven, stat that analytics, all these gurus out here who swear that the helmets are better, that the game is safer, that our bodies recover faster, we got cold tubs and whirlpools and jacuzzis and swim saunas and all this old shit. Why is it, though? that it takes a week to recover. Why is it that we have 900 NFL injuries last year and we recover and come back from those injuries slower than we've ever recome back from before in our lives? I want answers. (laughs) I want answers. But nobody's talking about it because it has been the accepted way of life. We have accepted soft mediocrity. And you guys turn around and call it excellent on Twitter. You turn around and call it excellent. Oh, man. Zion Williamson is unbelievable. No, he's not. He's a bust. (laughs) He is the same as Greg Odin. The Ball Brothers are bust. Dog, let's just be honest. You think bust are now the greatest thing since sliced bread. You probably would think Ryan Leaf is the greatest quarterback who ever played and would make up a million excuses as to why he failed. No one takes accountability for nothing anymore. The accountability in our country from top to bottom is the single worst I've ever seen it. There is no more accountability. And everybody points a finger and everyone else is supposed to be responsible without even understanding what the word accountable means. There is a complete different... There is a completely different thing. The two things, responsibility and accountability, are so different and completely on different spectrums that it blows my mind. And you guys really think responsible and accountable are the same thing? No, they're not. Or they'd be called the same word. (laughs) Responsible and accountable would be called the same fucking thing, right? Let's just be honest. They're not. They aren't called the same thing. There's accountability, which means you are responsible for the entire operation. 
And then there is responsibility. <clears throat> Meaning that you control yourself and your position group if you're a coach. Or yourself and your sales team if you're a manager. That is what responsibility is. You are responsible for the people that you're directly associated with. And your performance base is responsible for that action that happens underneath it. Accountable. Accountability is when you are accountable for everyone that is responsible for something underneath your umbrella. That means when the responsible person lets the kid rob McDonald's, you are accountable at the end of the day. The news doesn't come to the responsible coach. They come to the accountable ownership, the accountable manager, the accountable head coach. They don't come to the running back coach when Derrick Henry gets a DUI. They go to Vrabel. <laughs> He's accountable. He hired the coach who is responsible. I hope I am clear with what that means and how clear I can be is as clear as a day. Accountable, responsible. You hold nobody accountable anymore. You all think everyone's responsible for their actions and the accountable person no longer exists. Joe Biden is accountable for a split nation. Donald Trump is accountable for a dividing country. Presidents that get hired or voted in or whatever are accountable for leading others. Am I wrong? The principal at the high school is accountable for the head football coach <laughs> and the players and the students and the teachers. The teacher is responsible for conducting their classroom in a civilized manner. I hope I'm clear as how this pecking order goes because that is how it works. And you guys refuse to hold anybody accountable anymore. And you guys accept everybody's apologies. You will accept an apology so quickly that it blows my mind. <laughs> it blows my mind how fast you will accept an apology and how many times the person has to do to show who he is or she is before you stop accepting apologies blows my mind. You guys will sit there and accept an apology for six weeks. This guy has done it over and over and over and over. Oh, you're a hell of a person for coming out and saying you're sorry. Really? I think you're a shitbird <laughs> because this is who you are. It's not who you say you are. I mean, this is just what blows my mind. It's not what you say you are. It's who you are. That is what we don't understand. If you're accountable and you're controlling all the things underneath you, then guess what, dog? You chose to play football, George Kittle. You chose to play football, Patrick Mahomes. And guess what? You've reaped from its benefits. You have reaped from its benefits. You've made hundreds of millions of dollars, life generational changing wealth. 
And yet now we have to bitch and moan about the very sport that you chose to play. You are now accountable, my friend, for your actions. Your actions were to strap it up, go practice every day hard, go play the game like it's supposed to play, be played, and conduct yourself off the field and court accordingly. Henry Ruggs kills a person and a dog. You guys don't think he's accountable. You just think he's responsible for getting behind the wheel. No, he's actually accountable for his actions. <laughs> and you refuse to hold him such. You refuse to hold Jalen Carter accountable. You have every excuse in the book as to why he failed. Guess what, dog? When you have hair on your nuts, you kind of know the difference between right and wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know the difference between right and wrong. I'm very, very sorry for all you out there that don't understand that. Um, apologies don't mean anything ever, anonymous knowledge seeker. I would argue that apologies don't mean anything ever, contrary to belief. I don't believe they ever mean anything. I don't believe an apology ever means anything. Apologies don't mean anything unless actions are taken to make amends, is what Anonymous Knowledge Seeker said. Um, seven above, uh, actually, that you speak about speaking. I'm going to speak to a few prominent high schools here in California next uh, next few weeks, and then I'm going to go out of state. Um, maybe going to Missouri, as the great folks in Missouri say it. Missouri. In California, we say Missouri. It's Missouri. Uh, you guys call it Missouri. Um, I might be going out to Missouri, my Kansas City great fan base uh, that love me. I might be going out there speaking to a high school. Uh, I also may be going to a uh, state farm uh, individually owned business and speaking to their sales team. Um, so I'm going to go on a little tour here soon and go speak. Um, so that's what I do. Um, seven. Um, Houston, uh, not yet. I'm not going back to Houston yet. But if you if you book me, I'll come to Houston, of course. And I do two day full all inclusive coaching staffs. Sales teams, Fortune 500 companies, the big three with Ice Cube. I spoke to them three different times. Uh, Thompson's RV. Um, I spoke to BP Oil. I spoke to some Fortune 500 companies, WNBA LA Sparks. They're under Derek Fisher years ago. I get them cracking, get them hyped, get them amped. Uh, give them the real talk that we all need. Uh, I need to start trying to get invested into some speaking engagements. I would love to go on a tour and just speak, uh, hold a, like a speaking seminar. I would do it like how I could, how to speak. I should just, that's what I should do, man. I should start a speaking seminar to how to speak to people and break them down only to build them up. I, I don't know. I'm going to think of something. How can we toughen your skin? I will call you every F-bomb in the book until you can handle it and create a tough skin scenario. <laughs> that is what the seminar. Everyone just gets MF to death. And then we create tough skin. I don't know. I'm going to think of something. Um, 
Pat Perez's wife, Ashley, will be on this week. Uh, we got busy with both of us. Uh, she'll come on this week, and we'll chop it up. Uh, Pat Perez's wife, the lovely Ashley Perez, she'll be joining the show this week. Um, Kirk Herbstreet, believe it or not, Kirk Herbstreet uh, has reached out to me. We have talked. Um, he is willing to come on the show, and we're going to come on the show this month. He will be on the show this month to talk about the draft. Um, kudos to Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, he took a few shots at me on Twitter when the show came out. I took a few shots at him. We've gone back and forth. Um, similar to Dan Orlovsky. Me and Dan Orlovsky have become friends. Uh, Dan Orlovsky is a good dude. I like Dan Orlovsky a lot. Um, I, I call him out here and there, and he, he he knows what I say. And he calls me for advice, and we talk all the time, actually, contrary to belief. Um, so Dan will come on the show sooner, sooner than later, too. Hopefully I can get Dan on this month and Kirk Herbstreet on this month. It'll be very interesting. So we got to get the show blown up. We got to get to a thousand live uh, viewers. Um, I think that's the next goal. We got to get to a thousand live every day a week. If we can get to a thousand alive once, uh, five days a week, and then it'll turn into 2000 live and then it'll start taking off and we can blow this thing up. So become a member. If you're not one, become a member of the discord. If you're not one, blow the show up, retweet all our tweets. Uh, we appreciate all you guys and become a member of our Patreon. Uh, the best 20 bucks a month you can spend. It's basically less than a dollar a month, a dollar a day. Go join the disc, uh, the Patreon. We got some untapped content on there. Um, we'll have some more on there today. Not only an hour of the uncensored version of this show, but you also will get Sean Salisbury and I on Last Chance Q. Um, yes, seven above. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, let me ask you something real quick. I want to get into this hard knocks, uh, question. Who do you want on hard knocks this year? I have a feeling from a few birdies of mine that I know who's getting it. And I'm gonna make it a prediction right now. I'm going to make a prediction. And I have a funny story for you on the prediction. Here's the Hard Knocks graphic. There are four teams eligible. The Chicago Bears, Washington Commanders, New York Jets, and New Orleans Saints. I have a prediction. I believe the New York Jets are going to be the host or the team that Hard Knocks follows. And Jermaine Johnson, my former player from Last Chance U, is going to be on another big-time documentary. And he'll be on two in his life. And he, shout out to Jermaine, who just had his first child. Uh, clap it up. Jermaine Johnson. Um, Jermaine Johnson was a, uh, a kid I treated like a son and, uh, went after him hard. And I, and I, and I, I loved the kid to death. His, uh, his whole family, his brother, his, his mom, um, he's got, he has a kid now. Congratulations to him. I'm gonna get him on the show too. Uh, when he has time, he's, he's running around having kids and, 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 and getting ready for the off season and, and, and the Jets season. I believe the Jets are going to get it. Here's another thing to consider. For the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. All right. I think Aaron Rodgers is waiting to see if the Jets get hard knocks. See, a lot of people think he's want to be out the limelight. I think he wants to be in the limelight. And I would not be shocked at all that this deal gets done when the Jets are announced the new team of hard knocks. 
That is my take that I'm trying to stick. I'm a hot take. That's my hot take of the day of the week. I believe once Hard Knock says they're going to be taking the Jets, I believe the Aaron Rodgers deal gets done. What do you guys think? In my opinion. Or do you think that it happens after Aaron Rodgers becomes a Jet? See, I don't think Hard Knocks cares about the Aaron Rodgers factor. I think they care about the storyline, like the Lions on the up-and-come, just like the Jets are on the up-and-come. They got the Mormon Milf Hunter there. They got all these different things. Brees Hall got hurt. They got the Rookie of the Year. They got, uh, you know, Sauce Gardner. The Jets coach solid. They got a interesting atmosphere there. I think the Jets on out of that group is the best for hard knocks. Now, if Lamar went to Washington with the enemy, I think it would be must-watch TV. It would be similar to Last Chance You because you would hear Eric Bieniemy sounding like Coach JB. And I would love to see it because I want to see the slander and the hate and how Eric Bieniemy MFs his players and his assistants and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, I've never seen a coach do this. Oh, guess what? It's called coaching. And, yeah, it happens every day. And Eric Bieniemy is as hard as anybody on his players and coaches. <laughs> Just trust me on that one. But guess what? I'm the asshole. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely more to it, Jerry. There's definitely more to it um, with the Packers and the Jets. I'm sure it's compensation picks, and I don't know what the word is. I would say it's uh, convenience. I believe that both teams are are conveniently trying to wait on a convenient time to make this thing happen. We're in draft month. Um, we are in draft month. And although the Jets are an AFC team, the Packers are, not, are obligated. They're not obligated at all to appease the New York Jets fan base and or appease Aaron Rodgers and or appease anyone out there in the media that wants to see the deal get done. Nobody cares if you're a Packer GM owner or upper management. We don't care about your thoughts. We want to build a team around either Jordan Love or someone else, and we need pieces. And we're not giving away somebody like Aaron Rodgers for nothing. So there's more to it, I'm sure. It's not just Aaron Rodgers, um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Odell Beckham. I got to get to this Odell Beckham news, man. Uh, he's believed to be seeking $15 million on a one-year deal per multiple reports. The Giants and Jets are ex the expected frontrunners. The Giants and the Jets are the expected frontrunners. Um, interesting. Interesting, to say the least. Uh, $15 million a year? It seems like a little much for me. Um Seems like a little much for me. Um, that's just my opinion. A little much. 15 million a year, crazy as hell. You wonder why um 
you're wondering why let's see um we got issues at quarterback and how the expectancy of the marketplace we got guys that are worried about making a 200 million guaranteed if you pay odell beckham 15 million a year you are setting yourself up for catastrophic loss nfl i'm just telling you right now there's not a lot of receivers worth that there's only a few i would say there's five maybe five maybe adams jefferson chase evans is probably over the hill um the two Chargers wide receivers are always injured, or I would say they could be. Keenan Allen could be in there. Mike Williams could be in there, but they're never available. I don't know if there's really five guys worth $15 million or not. Five guys is tough. Five guys worth $15 million at receiver? I don't know. I don't know if there is. Um, D-Hop's going to want some money. Is he on the outs? Is he on the outs, on the outside looking in as he passed his prime? Um, um, is he is he passed his prime? I don't know. But Odell Beckham's definitely passed his prime. And what has he done for me lately? This is what the NFL is. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Odell Beckham caught a one-hander on a TikTok video. <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't understand. Um, I really don't. Odell is garbage. He's past his prime. He's a weirdo who wants attention on social media. He is not the guy who's going to go out here and catch the football on third down over the middle to win you the game. Freddie Mitchell style. He ain't going over and high pointing the ball with a safety bearing down on him, even though we're in the softest league ever and make you the catch. He's going to drop the big time ball that's thrown over the middle. He's only going to catch some sexy one-handed ball wide open. And you guys want to pay him 15 mil. Well, this is the thing. I would call and say, listen, Odell, we're not the league for you. You can go join Josh Gordon in the XFL, make you 200 grand wear whatever you want to wear and rainbow hair and all that old stuff and have a great time. But you're not going to make 15 million in this league. We'll give you maybe 4 million a year and on a one year deal and you perform and help us win. And then we'll talk year two. That is what it is. It is what it is. That's a lot of money. Still take the money or leave it. Like we're not giving you $15 million. You haven't played in two and a half years. <laughs> I mean, like, you haven't played two and a half years, dog. Like, come on. I, and the Jets keep hiring. You know, they got Lazard. You know, you got Wilson. Um, you, you you got Hardman now, I think. I mean, you got guys over there at the Jets now waiting for Aaron Rodgers to get there. So we have all these wideouts, Jets. <clears throat> Where's Aaron Rodgers? Um, 
I don't know that Odell Beckham deserves more than $4 million. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, $4 million, mid-level exception, middle-of-the-road middle guy that has to prove himself again. This is a what-have-you-done-for-me business. I don't understand why people don't understand this. What have you done for me lately? The last thing in our minds, you go down in the Super Bowl. And you haven't played since. And all this stuff has transpired since. What has happened since? The Rams have rostered. Roster's been horrible. You tried to possibly trade Stafford to the Jets. You have a horrible locker room with Cam Akers and the head coach. Your head coach wants to resign or to retire every year. He's only 36 years old. You have a uh, Aaron Donald who didn't play, Cooper Cup who didn't play, and you have a horrible offensive line. You have a horrible Jalen Ramsey who wants out. He's a cancer. He leaves and he's gone. What have you done for me lately? All this has happened to the Rams organization, and the last thing we think about is Odell Beckham getting hurt in the Super Bowl, and you haven't played since, and you won $15 million. Wide open in the house. Wide open podcast. He getting it going. I pre- I see you out there, dog. Are you doing all the little, you doing all the things. Wido out there grinding. Wido's all over the place. You're better than me, dog. I, I'm, I cannot go out in public and do a show. I, if I was on a show, I would do it. But me going out there, man, love to see you guys do it. I, kudos to you. Man, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I want to be sipping yak and smoking sticks in the friendly confines of the slap dick cigar lounge. I just cannot go out and do it. No, 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 sirree. Not me. Um, so kudos to all you content creators. I think they call you content creators. Content creators. Oh, what do they say? What do you youngsters say? Cringe? I cringe when I say content creator. I cringe when I hear the word. Uh, what's the other word? Uh, influencer oh my god influencer oh please influencer oh my goodness the Lakers Wido looking good is it smoke and mirrors or are the Lakers a real contender I don't know can't wait to ask Steve Kim that tomorrow but we're gonna find out I can't wait to see that one I, I think the Lakers have been balling with my boy D'Lo. D'Lo, I'm going to get on the show, by the way. He's a fan. Uh, I'm a fan of his. He's a fan of mine. We've talked quite a bit. Um, D'Angelo Williams used to be in the Lakers, went to Minnesota, is now back at the Lakers. Uh, we were talking quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to get him on the show. Uh, he's balling out. I think they're young, athletic wing guys are helping the Lakers defend the perimeter. I think the Lakers um, – have a real serious shot at beating somebody like Denver, like uh, Memphis. Um, I think Denver and Memphis are as overrated as any one and two seed NBA team in recent history. And that's my take, and I'm sticking to it. That's my take. And I'm sticking to it. 
D'Angelo Russell, yes. You know what I mean. You know I'm horrible with names. D'Angelo Russell, dog. Um, that is my take, and I'm sticking to it. The Memphis Grizzlies and Denver Nuggets are two of the most overrated one and two seeds that I've seen in recent history. Period. And I can't wait to see him the fall. I can't wait to see him fail. Can't wait to see it. Pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. This is Barbershop Banter right here on the Coach JB Show. We got a lot to break down, a lot to discuss this whole week. Steve Kim joins me tomorrow. Um, Jeff Nadu joins me tomorrow to talk about tonight's college national championship between the Yukon Huskies and the Southern California's very own San Diego State Aztecs, the home of Marshall Falk and Kawhi Leonard. Clap it up. A home-based team, San Diego State, a bunch of San Diego, Riverside, San Bernardino, and L.A. kids take on the country in a great UConn team tonight in Houston. You can get that on betonline.ag, the proud sponsor of the Coach JB Show. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get you 50% off plus welcome bonus. Head on over to BetOnline. You got all games played right now. Hockey, basketball, baseball, full swing. Um... We got the XFL and USFL is coming down the pipe. You got UFC and all these things out there right now. Um, go check it out, betonline.ag. And make sure you pound the like button. Become a member of our Patreon. Uh, Sean Salisbury and I will be back on Last Chance Q later on today. And uh, I'll be on Jason Whitlock's show. Just tune in for that later on this afternoon. And I'll do a real and raw and uncut version of the Coach JB Show, uncensored, right here on Patreon this morning. Um, come on over and become a member of the Discord. And if you're not a member of this show, it's the best $1.99 you can spend. Become a member. We got to get back up to 500 members. Um, I'm going to break that down. I'm betting on San Diego State. I said on, I told uh, Jeff Nadu that the winner of the Florida Atlantic-San Diego State game is going to win the national championship. I'm sticking to it. I think those two games, uh, Miami looked outclassed. I know Steve Kim's going to be mad tomorrow. Uh, we can't wait to talk to him about that. Um, but pound the like button and uh, subscribe, man. I appreciate you guys all, as always. Uh, much love. And uh, Wido, that buzzer beater was pure stroke. He, he hit that like he's hit it a thousand times, man. Um, DZ. San Diego State, I got a road for the West Coast. West Coast is the best coast. You already know what it is. I appreciate everybody, man. I will see you on Patreon in about 30 minutes, or I'll see you guys tomorrow morning for Talk That Talk Tuesday to talk about the national championship game. Plus, Steve Kim, Jeff Nadu join me, and Matt McChesney may be joining us as well if he gets his car out to shop. I appreciate you guys. See you guys later on. Peace.